What's up, guys? Welcome to Winnipeg's Finest, the podcast where we get personal with notable Winnipeggers. If you haven't been with us before, here's what you've missed. Like when you talked about grit being dedication, commitment, uh, perseverance, and remembrance day. (laughs) I don't know what the... Like, I thought he went to the washroom. He never came back. (laughs) I think he just... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mr. Professor, look at me, make money. What? Call campus security. What is up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Winnipeg's Finest. Today's guest is Clarity Coach, revolutionary Carolina V. She's been on earlier in the podcast about October 2018, uh, back when we were still had no idea what we were doing. Uh, I'm not saying we do now, but we have a better idea at the very least. Um, So please, I don't Actually, I have nothing to ask of you. Just uh, subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at WPGS Finest Pod. Uh, yeah, that's basically it. We talked about uh, her new podcast, Gaining Grit. We talked about uh, resiliency. We talked about Remembrance Day and Don Cherry. It was a good time. My good friend Eric at My Ride Auto wants to save you the hassle of going to the dealership. If you're looking to buy, sell, or trade a vehicle, tell Eric what you're looking for and you'll bring it right to your front door. For the absolute highest level of customer service matched with stress-free approval and purchase, call or message Eric. His info is in the description below if you need a car, if you need anything with a motor really, motorcycles, uh, snowmobiles, any of that shit. Also, brought to you by Unity Underwear, the greatest underwear on the planet. It's got eco-friendly aspects. It takes 30 times less water to grow. It's the most renewable source on the planet. Made of natural fabric, no pesticides to grow or in, or fertilizers. It's made of 95% bamboo, 5% spandex. It's super soft and durable. It's odorless, moisture-wicking, hypoallergenic, and thermoregulating. It's fucking fantastic. I'm wearing mine right now. They feel great. Use our code WPGS finest for 20% off any purchase there also brought to you by jellyfish float spa if you like float therapy and you like isolation tanks please use our code wpgs finest to get 15 percent off any float purchase there as well check out them in the description below here's our episode with carolina v let's yeah am i am i in the right settings i think one of those isn't on the right settings mine's on the butt no is it on, on the butt okay we're all on the butt okay Cool. Cool. We're all on the butt. <laughs> so. Yeah, I am. <laughs> He's gonna touch the butt. That's a great movie. That's a fantastic movie. I never saw Finding Dory, though. I enjoyed it. Yeah? Was it yeah. good? It was a little, if I'm remembering the storyline correctly, it was quite um, political in, like, an environmentalist sense. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Trying to make a point. I should probably lean forward. We got yeah, video now. We got yeah, video we got recording. Video up in this piece. I'm so excited for the video. I feel like unstoppable. Yeah. I, I was worried that I was Hi, just going to stare at it the whole time when I first got it. But I'm kind of blocked. The lens blocks me. So me and my ADHD. It's an interesting concept though because I listen to a podcast that I love. But they do sometimes live recording. So they go and they tour and they you know, sell at these auditoriums and whatnot. And I find it annoying listening to the podcast because they'll like show something on the screen Mm -hmm. or one of the podcast hosts will like do something physical with their body. And it's like, well, for for fuck's sakes, like I can't see. I know. Like I'm listening to a podcast. I should take precedence in the audio being more important. Which podcast is that? Um, How did this get made? 
So it's just it's three comedians that just shit all over movies that are just like bad. It's hilarious. Highly recommend. I had a I had a premise for a joke. Uh, I'm not sure if I was doing stand up comedy when we first did this, but I've been doing it for about a year oh, cool. now. And I, I was trying to think of like you know how do bad movies get made? It seems ridiculous that so many people greenlight something that sounds terrible. And I was yeah. trying to come up with like a movie description that sounds ridiculous but got made into a movie and I, I couldn't think of it. So They do some things like that. Um, one of the more recent ones I listened to was Master of Disguise. And it was like, if you take, they're like, it seems like it was, was supposed to be an adult film, but then something went wrong and they were like, ah, let's just, let's just make it a kid's film. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I do not do it justice, but yeah. It's okay. No, that, I, that sounds like an amazing podcast. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I've been getting hard into Brilliant Idiots recently. Okay. Haven't heard of it's, that. It's with Charlemagne the God and Andrew Schultz. It's great. Po- it's just them spewing nonsense and just roasting each other <laughs> and being morons completely. Yeah. So it's, it's fantastic. Great way to pass time. Great way. Great thing to wake up to in the morning. Yeah. Honestly. A single podcast. Yeah. yeah. It's way, way more chill than that. Yeah blaring music oh yeah way less of a sensory overload well and i find that i i diddle doddle less because when you're listening to music you're like "Mm, i don't like this song so like next and then you Mm -hmm. waste like 15 minutes trying to find like the next good song yeah like oh shit now i'm late yeah Mm -hmm. well i work for myself so i don't really know what i'd be late for (laughs) (laughs) when i did it (laughs) yeah speaking of podcasts gaining grit you want to talk about why you started that and why you closed down the way i see it yeah so um i mean as you know from our last conversation i'm very much into spirituality Mm -hmm. and so i've continued my journey in educating myself and really came across and to terms with the fact that i'm not meant to make this life about me so to get you know technical um we have something in our birth chart called our north node and our south node what do you mean birth chart Okay, we're going to basics. (laughs) All right, so birth chart. So you know astrology. I mean, most people know what their sun sign is in astrology. It's like the sign that you would look up at the back of a cosmopolitan magazine, right? So I'm an Aries. Scorpio. You're Capricorn. There you go. Everybody pretty much knows what their one sun sign is. Yeah. However, in astrology, you actually have 12 different signs. So you have what's called a birth chart. So it's literally mm-hmm. a snapshot of the sky the minute that you were born. Interesting. Are you, do, you, do you have to, do you check off every one? Or is it like two Aries, three Scorpios? No, no, no. So it, it's all, so Aries would be considered a fire sign. And I only have one fire sign in my entire birth chart, which a lot of people are really surprised by because I have such a fiery personality, but it's because I have a lot of Capricorn in my chart and Capricorn, I'm getting super technical with you guys right now, but Capricorn um, is the sign of like mastery, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm very obsessive about things. Like I need to be perfect at things. So that intensity gets mistaken for a fiery personality, whereas I'm just a very intense person. Yeah. Not all the time. But, um, so that's what your birth chart is. is a sna- It's the snapshot of the sky the minute that you were born. And it's really important <clears throat> to know which, like, to the minute, because things change yeah. minute by minute. 
Can you just Google this? Yeah, if you oh, just okay, literally works. Google like natal chart calculator or birth chart calculator. I think I did that one time. Yeah. And I just like, I, I read it and I'm like, I understand one of these and that's it. And I was like, nah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't understand it, it. It can be very convoluted and it's a, those websites and Googling and these calculators are really amazing starting points. But as a caveat that I always, you know, disclaim to people is you can't look at this thing and read it piece by piece, which is how these reports always laid out. So it's like your sun sign means this. And because it's in your fourth house, it means this. And because it's in this sign, it means this, right? But the fact is that we are whole beings. Yeah. And so you have to look at it like a whole puzzle, not each individual piece. However, I'm, I digress. I'm going off on a bit of a tangent with astrology. Going back to the north nodes and the south right. nodes... It's a part of your astrological birth chart or your yeah. natal chart. And so your south node is what you've already learned in a previous lifetime. And if you don't believe in reincarnation, it's what you learned, you know, very early on in your life. So probably mm -hmm. when you were a kid. So my south node is in the sign of Leo. And so being a Leo south node, I was very much wanted to be the center of attention growing up. I was always in the middle of the dance floor. I, I always wanted everyone to pay attention to me. In a previous lifetime, I was probably a celebrity or royalty or just someone of really high status. However, that's my south node. So yeah. in this lifetime, my north node is in Aquarius. And so what my north node is, it's what I'm here to learn and fulfill in this lifetime and, and moving forward in my adult life. Okay. And my north node being in Aquarius means that I need to be of service to the people. So I need to remove myself from the spotlight and I need to take my life stories, my experiences, and use them to shine the spotlight on other people, which can be very hard to do for someone who's very used to being in that south node Leo. You know, I'm very used to being in the middle of, of the conversation. I'm very used to being the center of attention. I'm very used to craving. I like I legitimately when I was younger wanted to be famous for the sole sake of being famous. Like I wanted people to know my name. I wanted to feel important and like I mattered and like I was known in the world. Yeah and to get on Winnipeg's finest. What <laughs> <laughs> right? up? Dreams come true. <laughs> but now I'm recognizing that I'm not about the fame and I can't be about the fame. If I'm ever putting something out there for the sole purpose of being recognized mm -hmm. or to fulfill my ego or whatnot, I'm going down the wrong path and I need to do something to be of service. And the way I see it is the most narcissistic. No, it's podcast not. No, it's not. No, I'm saying it. I'm saying it in, 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 um, extreme terms to to really emphasize this point so the way i see it c was the cat like uh, the capital c for my name so yeah. it was like the entire podcast i was the center of it right okay. and so it's okay. little yeah. things like that right so i decided to close the doors on the way i see it do I regret that experience? No, it was still a part of my journey. I was still learning. I learned how to put a podcast on. Yeah. I learned how to rank really well on the podcast yeah. charts. Like I learned so much from that experience and I believe that I was meant to have that experience in my story. Yeah. However, I had outgrown it. 
and I had recognized that, okay, I can't make this about me anymore. I need to make it about something else that I am facilitating. Mm -hmm. And so that's where Gaining Grit was born. It's, I am here to show people that the way that I've lived my life is possible for other people, but not doing it in a showboaty, braggy kind of way for um, applause or fame or anything. It's solely like, here's my story, hear it, listen to it, implement it, implement it in a way that's going to better your life and help you and be of service to you. Not because I need the recognition or I need the applause mm-hmm. or I need the boost to my ego. So, Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, you lost me at fourth house. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> around the same time, <laughs> I was like, I know you bought one recently. <laughs> Did you become like a real estate investor? <laughs> Where the fuck do these houses come from? <laughs> Yo, this shit got four houses. God damn. No, but for real, that's really interesting. That's really insightful. I know that uh, even myself have kind of like. I'm not sure if this is because of stress, because February's been like a difficult month for myself. I find that sometimes on the podcast, I'll want to get my jokes off so badly that I can't sit and shut the hell up and listen to what they're saying. Yeah. You know, so that kind of rings true to me in a certain sense. I always recommend, like I actually, I have a free video training on like five ways to gain grit. And one of the steps is to look at what your North Node and your South Node is, because I find... So many people feel lost, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what my purpose is. Like I, I fulfilled all of these check boxes on this, you know, checklist society gave me, I did this and I did that and I'm not happy and I'm not fulfilled. And, and I really feel it's because we've disconnected from ourselves. Like we don't know how to ask ourselves what we want anymore. We don't know how to be honest about what we want anymore. Well, what do you want to eat tonight? Well, what do you want to eat tonight? What movie do you want to watch? Well, what movie do you want to watch? Nah, bitch. I want to eat at this place. Yes. I want to watch this movie. Exactly. Like, that meme. Pita pit. Yeah. Super bad. That meme Every where it's night. like you know, uh, like girlfriends don't know how to like. No, yeah. I always know what I want to eat. <laughs> And let me tell you, most girls know what they want to eat, but they're trying to be delicate and they're trying to be nice, not difficult yeah. and nice. And it's like, nah, take me to Chosabi. I want to build my own custom Pokeball, yeah. you know, like, and, and we've become so conditioned to be polite and to always try and be positive and like not cause a ruckus and whatnot. And there is a way to be respectful and there is a way to be kind and there is a way to be compromising in a way where you're not totally disregarding what you actually want yeah yeah the the correct response i think correct me if i'm wrong or in my mind is uh i want to eat at this place where do you want to eat yeah not i want to eat a mcdonald's bitch (laughs) (laughs) yeah right or like does that sound okay to you or like Mm -hmm. what do you what were you thinking Yeah. yeah And it's like, well, you know, I was kind of feeling a salad. Well, I was kind of feeling a pizza. Cool. Go to Boston Pizza then. You both can get what you want. You yeah, yeah. I mean? Go to Jumbo like, Pizza. Yeah. It's like there's there's always a possibility for people to work together and collaborate and compromise where people can be happy. But pardon me, we've become so conditioned to stifle our desires and to just 
go with the go with the grain and go with what society wants and and whatnot that I feel truly we've disconnected from ourselves and we've disconnected from our voice. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting thing to say. I mean, there's so many checkboxes that you said people are like, oh, society gave me this and society does this and that. And I'm like, it, this sounds ridiculous and so obvious, but like nobody gives you this shit. It's yeah. like, it's implied. Who the, like, who the fuck told you to do that? Oh, because you played community college simulator online and they told you to become an accountant, which I did way too many times, by the way. Uh, <laughs> one more level.com in case anybody was wondering. But, uh, but I think going back to when we were talking, how much shit you had to go through yeah. is necessary to put you in the position to work from home now to yeah. be a clarity coach, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, so that's where, that's where the title of the podcast even came from was gaining grit because I, I really had to ask myself, I'm like, what is it? Like, what is this thing that people keep coming to me for? Like, what is this thing that people keep looking for? Like, what? What is the number one question people always ask me? And it's, how have you done it? How have you been able to get through every bullshit life has thrown at you? And I've gone through a lot. Yeah. I've gone through a whole hell of a lot. And I'm only 30 years old. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm still relatively young. Yeah, you got another three lifetimes in you at least. (laughs) You know, and and I've dealt with a lot in, in my short time in in this lifetime and I'm like how do I answer that question like what is it what is it that is inside of me that I've been able to persevere through all of the bullshit that's come my way and how can I teach people how to do that Mm -hmm. so I really had to go through this like self-discovery journey to really try and answer that question and it's ironic because when I was younger when people used to ask me that question I used to say, I wish I knew. I wish I knew because I would put it in a bottle and I would hand it out to people. But I honestly don't. And now I do. It's literally grit, which I've broken down into four factors. So it's commitment, it's dedication, resilience, and perseverance. You need those four things to really succeed and achieve whatever the fuck you want to. What were they working, sorry? Commitment, commitment, dedication, dedication. Resilience, resilience, and perseverance. Okay, I feel kind of dumb because three of those words sound the same to yeah, me. Yeah, and they, they, very, they are very, very similar because they build off of one another. Okay. And you can't really have just one and you can't really have one without another. And I'll, I'll walk through the breakdown um, in just a second, but... I, when I asked myself that again, I was like, okay, this is it. You know, at one point in time, I wish I knew so I could put it in a bottle and give it to people. Well, now I do. Like, and now this is what my life's work is, is to literally mm-hmm. teach people what grit is and teach people how to strengthen it within themselves. Because we're so conditioned to believe that, you know, talent is the key indicator of success or intelligence is the key indicator of success or where you went to school, or what tax bracket your parents were in, or what your last name is, or all of these other bullshit factors that literally don't mean anything. I grew up in government assistance with, like, immigrant parents. I was, I moved out when I was 16 years old. Like, I was made to believe I was a mistake. I was constantly told I should never have been born. Like, I was not groomed to be successful. I was not groomed 
to believe in myself. I was not groomed to have support and understanding and love and to really, you know, shoot for the stars. And I was, success was not inevitable for me. And yet I still got here. I still was able to persevere. I moved out at 16. I still graduated high school with honors. I got myself through university. I got a corporate job. I climbed the corporate ladder on, on top of, or in spite of, I should say, everything that was thrown at me. Mm-hmm in spite of all the statistics that were leaning up against me. Because the truth of the matter is, moving out at 16 years old with no support, no lifeline, no understanding, no family, nothing, I should have been a high school dropout, living on the streets, addicted to drugs, probably pregnant, or even dead. Yeah. And that's just the straight up truth. And I've had a really hard time connecting with that possibility because that wasn't my story. And the fact is, that is a lot of people's stories. Mm -hmm. A lot of people out there, unfortunately, do go down that road. And I felt a lot of shame saying, well, my story could have gone down that way because it didn't. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like I had the right to even a part of that ownership and that my story could have gone that way because, again, it didn't, Mm -hmm. right? So going back to, like, okay, well... You know, I wasn't made to believe I was very talented. I wasn't made to believe I was very smart. I wasn't made to believe I was any of these things. And yet I still reached what society told me was going to make me feel very successful and happy and fulfilled. And then I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Right? So I am clear proof that where you come from doesn't have to dictate where you are going. So if all of those things aren't the key indicator of success, what the fuck is? Because we've been so conditioned to believe those things are. And so that's where grit comes in. Because you have to have those four things. You Mm -hmm. have to have commitment. You have to have dedication. You have to have resilience and perseverance. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? If you're not committed to anything, you're already done. And I was committed to not being another teen So it has to be in that order. Not necessarily in that order for the other ones. But I do believe that commitment has to come first. Because you need something to build off of. You need something that you're working towards, right? So I was committed to not being another teen statistic. I was committed to making something of myself. I was committed to proving everyone wrong who told me that I wasn't important, I wasn't anything, Mm -hmm. that I actually was. And that I had a reason to be here and I had a purpose in this lifetime and I was going to fulfill it. Come hell or high water, I was going to fulfill it. Mm -hmm. So you have to have something that you are committed to. And I don't also want to um, state that it needs to be this like life-changing thing. Like, I'm going to beat a teen statistic. If your commitment is literally going to the gym once a week. Mm-hmm. Or like, not getting a Starbucks coffee. Or like, whatever it is. Yeah. You need to commit to it. Like, regardless of what your goal is. Regardless of what you are trying to achieve. What you're trying to accomplish. To have that sense of fulfillment and achievement and feeling success, what regardless of what it is, you need to commit yourself to it. And commitment requires action. So that's where the dedication component comes in. Yeah. And I am not a fan of motivation. Mm-hmm. I, I do not like the word motivation because motivation usually stems from an external factor. Right? So when if I'm you know, attending an event and I want to fit into this dress. So I'm motivated to lose five pounds. So now I want to go to the gym and eat healthy and blah, 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 blah. 
what happens after that event comes and goes? I no longer have my motivating factor. So now I'm back to eating Tostitos, smothered in cheese, sitting on my couch watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That, that sounds, sounds exactly like <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that sounds like my Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> like to a T. That like, exactly. <laughs> right? I so <laughs> I feel like motivation comes and it goes. Mm-hmm. Dedication is really what sets people apart. Because if you are dedicated to something, even when you fall off the wagon, even when you have a night that you maybe didn't plan or you didn't go to the gym or you didn't wake up and you do your morning routine or you didn't have a green smoothie or you didn't do whatever the fuck it is that you were trying to do, if you are dedicated to that goal that you have committed to, you are going to get back on the horse. You are going to say, today is a new day. Today is a new day for me to try again doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Doesn't matter what's going to happen tomorrow. Today is a new, fresh day where I can start again and I can make a different choice to maintain dedication to this goal that I've committed Mm -hmm. to. Now, here's where resilience and perseverance kind of go interchangeably. So resilience is the ability to take something, be knocked down, and learn how to pick yourself back up, and you build a strength from that. Right. So an example I always like to tell people, because because we really romanticize trauma. And this is something that I I kind of want to want to get to a little bit after I finish my descriptions of. But we really romanticize trauma and it's it's a dangerous, a dangerous topic. But the example I always like to use is if the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your life is you got a flat tire on your way to work it's going to feel like the end of the world to you Mm -hmm. because you have nothing else to compare it to. That's literally the worst thing that's ever happened to you. So it's going to feel like, Oh my God, how am I ever going to get through this? Like, who do I call? How do I deal with this? Like work is going to be mad. Like everything runs through your brain. Yeah. Just quit your job. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Maybe no. (laughs) I like that idea. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) But you're going to feel so lost and confused and like you're not going to be able to go on and yada, yada, yada. But then you do. You figure Mm -hmm. it out. Right? And then what happens the next time you have a flat tire? You deal with it. Easy peasy. You've already done, you've already dealt with it once. Yeah. You now know that you can deal with it again. Yeah. Right? So it is not nearly as um, effective or like affecting on your mind state or your emotions or whatnot because you've already dealt with it. Yeah. That's resilience. So let's say you your goal going back to my like losing five pounds example, and let's yeah. say you, you know, didn't go to the gym one day. Yeah. You know, now you're beating yourself up, like everything has gone to shit, like I'm never gonna go back, blah 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 blah. And then the next day you do. You do go back to the gym, you know, and then you go to the gym five days in a week, and then you miss another day. That one day isn't going to seem as bad anymore because you've already built the resilience to start and stop and start and stop and start and stop, right? And theoretically and hopefully those stops will become fewer and far between because you're building the resilience to keep going, right? And perseverance, it's that ability to keep going. It's Mm -hmm. the ability to persevere through things that would normally hold anybody else back. It's having that strength to really just see something, recognize that it's going to be difficult and still learning how to move forward because you are dedicated to accomplishing the goal that you have committed to and you have built the resilience to be able to persevere through it over and over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. Right? So 
long-winded story. No, it's all like, good. That's, that's really where Gaining Grit came from. That's where my business has pivoted to. And that's really what I believe I'm here to to teach people and to show people that it, it truly doesn't matter where you mm-hmm. came from. It doesn't matter what anybody else believes of you. It doesn't matter... You know, that kids made fun of you because you had Walmart shoes and everybody else had Adidas shoes. It's literally my life story. Um, it doesn't matter that, you know, your brother thinks you're ridiculous for wanting to be a YouTube star. Like, what the fuck ever, right? Yeah. Like, our lives are our own. And if we continue to live our lives based on these external limitations people place on mm-hmm. us, we are going to be such an unhappy society. Interesting. Have you read Outliers? Like the high school book that's usually assigned to us? That, what the... F- why? How come I missed this in high school? Everybody's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't read that book. Everybody's like, I read that in high school. I'm like, fuck you, I'm reading it now. And it's great. I wish I read that instead of Huck Finn for the eighth time by Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, but I haven't read it since high school, which was like over a decade ago. Was it? Is it that old? Yeah. Wow. Fuck. Well, fuck you. I'm not that old. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, fuck me. I'm sorry. I apologize. That was not the right thing to say. I, I thought I thought because maybe I got the revised version, it yeah, has yeah. The, the first chapter from his newest book in there. Oh, interesting. So I thought it was from like three years ago. And you weren't in high school three years ago. That's what I meant by, was it like that long uh, ago? You know what I might be thinking of? I might be thinking of The Outsiders. Okay. Which is a book I read. I read that. What's The Outsiders about? Yeah. Take this, like, it's about a bunch of outsiders. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Out- Easiest way to put it. Yeah. Outliers about success. Outliers. I don't know if I did, actually. It's, by, uh, it's by Malcolm Gladwell, okay. and it talks about Bill Gates. It talks about okay. uh, hockey players. And so I guess the crux of the book and what everybody takes from it is the 10,000-hour rule. Have you ever heard about that? Yes. Yeah. yeah it takes 10 years, 10,000 hours yeah. to be master something. That evens out to just under three hours a day for 10 years, yeah. every single day. Yeah. Uh, and it talks about, you know, I think something that I've kind of learned is success is a personal definition. And yeah. with outliers, it's like, you can work as hard as you can, but sometimes the situation won't let you become Bill Gates famous. Yeah. Like literally when you're looking at some of the, the, the book opens up, it talks about uh, the Czech Republic soccer team or the hockey team. And there were or no, it was two hockey teams in Canada there. I'm fucking this whole thing up. Yeah, I was like, you're really killing it. I'm, I'm all over the place. <laughs> two hockey teams in Canada playing in the finals. And they give you the rosters and all the info about the players. And they say, do you notice anything about these players? And you kind of... The idea is that the reader doesn't assume, but I kind of picked up that they're all born in January. Okay. January, February, March. And so he said the reason why this is is because the hockey cutoff in Canada is January 1st. So if a kid born in January and a kid born in December are both going up against each other in a tryout... They're both 11. The kid in January has got how many months on the other kid? He's stronger. He's quicker. He's got better skills. He's going to beat this kid out every time. So the idea is that with these cutoff dates, especially with school and with uh, occupations, and it talks about why Jewish people ran uh, uh, law and businesses in America in the 60s and 70s, it was actually because they learned the skills necessary back in Europe when they came over. And then when the, they were kind of marginalized at first yeah. in uh, law, they wanted Nordic people, blonde hair, blue eyes, to be in law at the time, to be the lawyers in the major firms. But when those law firms were taking on the major, uh, what the fuck is the word I'm looking for? 
the major projects, those projects were kind of like dinky compared to now mm-hmm. as there was no like corporate takeover. There was uh, no companies buying each other out and bullying other companies with these good lawyers to just absorb. Like, hmm. Bell Media owns everything now, yeah. right? They just kind of bullied everybody and bought it all, right? And they're super successful. There was none of that then. So the Jewish lawyers had to take those cases in, like, the outsider, marginalized groups. And then when that became famous, they had their 10,000 hours ready from a decade of doing that. And then they just blew it up. And they became famous. So by them actually being held down, they blew up. Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say in this long-winded way of a horrible book report of a book I'm still currently reading and not done yet. <laughs> I okay. totally thought I totally forgot you were talking about that book too, man. Like I totally I'll, totally thought you were on a different tangent. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna let him finish. I'll tune in after he's done. Like I thought you were gonna look up your uh, fourth house there. I was going to, and then <laughs> and that laptop started glitching, and, and I'm like, nah, not not doing this. And today. meet us at the end of the episode and be like, so do you guys have a good talk? <laughs> <laughs> or just play community college simulator. But anyways, I guess what my point is is success is a personal definition, and sometimes things have to go extremely right Uh, or or wrong for you to become extremely famous and become an extreme billionaire. So if you're not a billionaire at the end of your life, you're not a millionaire, like maybe you missed a generational boat. Oh, and I don't even like come at me, but like, I think billionaires are scum of the earth. Like you will never need that amount of money. I have no qualms with millionaires. Mm -hmm. You want to be a millionaire? Like go for it. But people do not recognize. Trillionaires though. Those are cool, right? No. (laughs) Um, it's so there a generation. Is there even like trillion? Is, is there anyone who is a trillionaire? No, there's nobody in the like, history of. Um, but I just like people do not recognize the magnitude that a billion has over a million. Like yeah. it is truly disgusting yeah. that there are billionaires in the world yeah. and that there are people who are literally dying because they do not have clean food or they do not have clean water and appropriate food. Well, yeah. yeah. Like clean it's absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely disgusting. And if you're a billionaire listening to this with it, like, I don't know what your demographic is. <laughs> Dude, I'm so honored. If you're a billionaire and you're listening to this show, you have something wrong with you. That's yeah, all I got to say. is going to pull up and fight you. Honestly, like it's, it's hands I just on think it's so disgusting that there are billionaires in the world. But that's a totally different tangent. I digress. I'll actually bite on that just a little bit. Just a little bit. I think it depends what you're doing with your money. Because somebody like Bill Gates who actually donates and sh- Do you realize? Yeah. Because... Think about it. That money grows so fast, you can't even catch up with it. If Bill Gates tried to give all his money away, do you realize how much more money he'd make? Because he's got the percentage in Microsoft and other shit. People, Bill Gates isn't going to... He's not going to go broke. But if you're like Jeff Bezos with $158 billion... Literally, my stomach just went... I know. Every time I see his name and like... uh, Yo, shout out to Mackenzie Bezos, though. Yo. Shout out to her. Because, you know, she was... I got it. Come on. Come on. Come on. There we go. We're back. Are we back on? Are we on? Are we on? Are we on? Are we on? There we go. We're on. Mackenzie Bezos became the second richest woman in the world just by getting divorced. And he cheated on her. What a dumbass. Like, what a dumb... I hate it when people are like... This is my biggest beef with divorce settlements. When people are like, oh, the woman didn't do anything. She just gets that money. Like, really? 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 You know... You don't think she had to put up with his shit? She had to he- really <laughs> She had to actually help him build. Nobody just makes 158 billion fucking dollars on their own. Card full? Oh, whatever. Well, we got enough. We got enough so I can clip IGTVs out of it. But nobody makes that much fucking money on their own. You have to, have to, have to have somebody there with you. Yeah. And yeah. multiple people. Don't tell me Mackenzie Bozo's 
didn't deserve that money. She went through all that shit with him and he cheated on her? No. Run her $80 billion this second. I agree. However, <clears throat> what you said previously to my tangent is yes. actually a really great segue back into the fact that we romanticize trauma. Because okay, you, I'm ready for this. Yeah, you had said, like, sometimes something has to go really, really wrong in order for you to reach this level of, like, Bill Gates' celebrity or whatever. And I agree with that to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but is it right? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I don't want people... Give me an example. Sorry, I'm, I'm just trying to okay, piece it together so in my head. Okay, so an struggle. example is when a person of color or a woman of color, yes. for example, does something really amazing, everyone is like, wow, look at everything she overcame. Like, look at that person of color. Mm-hmm. And usually they'll say, like, look at that black girl or look at that whatever, yeah. right? Look how far she came. Like, look at her beating the odds. Look at her defying everything. Yeah. But, like, shut the fuck up. Like, why is that being romanticized? The fact of the matter is, she shouldn't have had to overcome all of these extra obstacles mm-hmm. that Karen from Sherwood Park doesn't have to, you know? Asterisk, fucked, I'm Karen. so sorry yeah. fuck you, to Karen. any Karens out there. I don't know why your <laughs> no, name is fuck all the Car- No, yeah. fuck all the Karens. <laughs> Actually, no, one fuck of my all the Karens. bosses was Karen. She was cool. I like her. Karen was nice. I've never she, made a nice Karen. I'm sorry. Karen asked me if I wanted to be the mascot for the Westman last weekend. So she was really reaching for the star. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? So like we romanticize these notions that like things need to be hard in order for there to be worth. I, and, and it's, it's hard to watch as someone who's gone through hardship. And a lot of my clients mm-hmm. have come to me and they've been like, I don't feel like I have anything worth saying because, like, I had a really great childhood. My parents were really great to me, made me feel loved. Like, they didn't mm-hmm. hit me. I've never been sexually assaulted. Like, I've never done this. Like, none of this has happened to me. Like, I've had a really great life, so I don't feel like I have anything worth saying. And I just sit there and I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's bullshit. I'm so sorry that the world has failed everyone so belligerently that people think they don't have anything worth saying because they haven't been traumatized. (laughs) Are you hearing this? Like, it just blows my fucking mind. And I'm like, please don't apologize for the fact that you had a great childhood. Yeah, Yeah, that your parents loved you. That your parents loved you. Like, why isn't that the norm? You know, like, why isn't that what people are aspiring to? You're right. You're right. And that is a very good point. People shouldn't have to go through that stuff. However, my question is sometimes when somebody's saying, like, oh, look at this black one beating the odds, there's a difference between, and I think you'll agree with me, between celebration and tokenization or wondering, like, wow, I can't believe black people can insert verb here, right? Like, if they're celebrating, like, Serena Williams, celebrating her being the greatest, most accomplished athlete ever in any sport yeah that's i'm cool with that right yeah. let me ask you why does her race have to have a, a factor in it and i'm not saying mm-hmm. like be colorblind because that's just please no, don't ever say that you're fucking colorblind <laughs> you will be ostracized like yeah not no it. like we should be absolutely celebrating people's differences and respecting other people's cultures but why is it why is it always like 
first black woman to do something or like first gay yeah. person to do something like it's a good point I can't that was the point wait. i wanted to make yeah. yeah like i can't wait till it's like look at serena williams like look at this person who did all of these amazing things mm-hmm. and people just happen to notice like that it's a person of color or it's an LGBTQ yeah. asterisk. They always have to, like, like, lead with, like, it's whatever they, like, always black, transgender. The lead. It's always the yeah. lead. And point. it's exhausting. That was the point I wanted to make, and it's, yeah. I love how you said, like, they just happen to notice, like, like oh, shit! Serena's <laughs> black! <laughs> but, you know, like, it's, it's, it, and you're absolutely I was watching right. the ball the whole game. I was yeah. looking at the color <laughs> of the player. Yeah. But, you're right. It, it is like a tokenism mm-hmm. and we have to be really conscious of it because people do it really unconsciously. Start to notice in, in um, conversations you have with your friends, when people start to describe someone, it's always like, oh, this black guy came up to me or this Asian guy came up to mm-hmm. me or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and really yeah. start to pay attention to it. And you will notice how <coughs> desensitized we have become by characterizing people by these things that we really just shouldn't be just characterizing. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. I think uh, once uh, we were, my girlfriend and I were at like a party or something and uh, somebody, her brother-in-law was talking about how this dude like pissed himself on the bus and threw up on the bus and was like wasted. And then somebody was like, oh, what nationality was he? And then the yeah. guy was like, that doesn't matter. Why does it, why does it matter what nationality what? he is? Yeah, um, my boyfriend and I were at Superstore last weekend, and I saw this, um, (laughs) just to bring it full circle, this white kid. um, (laughs) Drag him. (laughs) That's the only time you can, like, use that term. (laughs) No, but I wasn't even going to say it. I was just going to say this kid, and then I was like, you know what, just to... Yeah, let's let's add it. Just to throw it in in there, yeah. Yeah, that's the only only time. No, this kid was... um, like ratting someone out to the security guard and I was raised by a Latina mom. So like she is, I've witnessed her be, you know, followed around by security guards just because of the way that she looks like I, mm-hmm. you know, so I heard this cat, this kid like ratting somebody out to the security guard and I, I turned around. I just wanted to see, I just wanted to see. And I was like, I bet you anything they are a person of color. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's because a person of color would. I'm just seeing the stereotype. The stereotype. Yeah. yeah. It's always it's always fucking there. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I have no idea. It's not like I was following this person around. Like they could very well have or they could very yeah. not have. But statistically speaking, the odds that that person wasn't going to be a person yeah. of color makes my heart hurt. Yeah. It's just from a surface level, yeah. right? Like And as soon as I turn around, Person of color. And yeah. a family. Oof. A family of Oof. color. That's terrible. And immediately I just went, and Matthew was like, what? And I was like, that kid was, you know, ratting people out and just wanted to see, just wanted to see if maybe they'd be a white person. Yeah. And nope. The worst thing ever would have been like if you spoke up and then they actually were stealing and you're like, fuck. Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> like, had I actually witnessed the... The whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. Had I witnessed that they didn't and this kid was being a shit disturber or that they did and this kid was being on, like I would have stepped up and I would have said something. But but I didn't have the information so it wasn't appropriate for me to. Yeah, no context. Exactly. I had absolutely no context. But just from the way that I was raised and like I mentioned, like I was raised by a Latina mom and both of my parents are immigrants. So like I actually have an episode on Gaining Grit about... um, I think it's titled something along the lines of thoughts of a immigrant daughter's um, 
something to do with the Don Cherry incident. Right? Cherry. Yeah, well, and, and how, you know, the you people and whatnot. And so I did a whole podcast episode on what I think I listened to that actually. it was like being a what it is like being a first generation Canadian I was born here yeah I was 100% St. Boniface Hospital you know like same. I was born here same, same. actually yeah now that I think about it same like the same person <laughs> right like I was born here but I was raised by people who weren't and so it was a very interesting dynamic for me growing up in that because I always felt like there was something wrong with me because mm-hmm. we are an extension of our parents. Yeah. And so when people purposely ostracized my parents and pretended they couldn't understand their accents or made fun of their accents mm-hmm. or followed them around the store or whatnot, it was a reflection on me because I was yeah. like, well, why... Like what? Where's what's the disconnect here? Like why are my why is there something you know quote unquote wrong with right. my parents? Like what makes them different? Right. Mm-hmm. You know and yeah. Yeah. So. Don Cherry, like this this was my and I, I wanted to touch on the trauma thing, so I, I don't want to get too lost in this. This is my thing with the Don Cherry thing. There is a point to be made about the poppies. Thousand percent. Had he Absolute, just yes, said it's, everyone yeah. should be wearing poppies. It is disgraceful that Canadians are not wearing poppies. I'd have been, I would have hung my head. I, I was like, you know what? I didn't right. wear a poppy. Yeah. A full disclosure, I didn't wear a poppy, yeah. and I should have. But he didn't. He said, "You people, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you people come here to our country, eat our milk and honey, or drink our milk and honey, and you don't have the audacity to spend a couple bucks on a poppy." Oh. I was like. Motherfucker, no! Yeah, I mean, you know, even if he said, oh, everybody should wear a poppy and you should be ashamed, I don't even agree with that. I just think, lean, when you're making public statements Mm -hmm. about anything that could be political or racy or controversial in any way, steer hard as fuck into positivity. Be like, wearing a poppy is a great thing because, you know, people gave their lives for us to have freedom and uh, Canadian soldiers show great bravery and courage and I think wearing a poppy is very symbolic and making it something that, like, we should look up to and be like, wow, you know, wearing a poppy is Canadian and it's it shows our gratitude for living here. I'd have been like, that's cool. Well, the fact is that people came here to fight in those wars. With other Canadians. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like, immigrants were literally part of fighting the fight and allowing us to enjoy this soil. I mean, so, yes, I should, I I should have, from my personal perspective, feel like I should have worn a poppy. I am able to live the life that I live because of so many who gave up their lives. But I don't think you should be ostracized, or I don't think you should feel bad for not. Like, what if that week of November 10th to whatever was the worst week of your life? Or yeah. you, it was super busy. Yeah. Or something went down. Yeah. Or you were super excited. Or uh, your favorite poker player won the poker championships, if that's held in November. I don't fucking know. But maybe, what if you just, it just slipped your mind? Yeah. yeah. The, poppy isn't a, the poppy isn't a stamp on your passport of, are you Canadian? Or even it's just simply simple... like, you didn't have like a loonie in your pocket or yeah. something. Like, you yeah. Know? yeah, you have debit and credit and that's it. Like, yeah. you're like me and you don't have coins. Yeah, exactly. And they don't have a swipe for you at, the, at wherever they're handing them out. What if it's just that? You know, like I don't think we should feel ashamed. I don't think you should feel ashamed for not wearing a poppy. But you just fucking make it be a good thing. Why can't we just 
have nice things yeah. <laughs> and celebrate well, and something. See, like, ha- yes, I didn't wear a poppy, but my the rule in our house is that like we won't put up Christmas decorations uh-huh. before Remembrance Day. It's good rule. And that's, that's something that we do to honor that time because I feel like we literally go from Halloween to Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, we should give that time because the fact mm-hmm. is we do have the freedom and the privileges and the ability to sit here in this basement and not worry about studio, really anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like looking it. out onto the Red River. It's like super professional studio. Yeah, exactly. I see the skyline. Yeah. Um, or the lack of skyline, depending on <laughs> your view of our city. You know, like, we, we should honor that time. So, yes, you know, regardless of circumstances, however, just to kind of tie up this, this side tangent, he didn't go about no. it in that manner. Yeah. And um, as someone who was raised by people who did come here, it was incredibly offensive. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and I see uh, the disrespect being shown in your household for not celebrating my birthday in between Remembrance Day and Christmas, but I'll let that slide. Uh, <laughs> it's two you days snakes. after, you have no reason to miss it. Yeah. <laughs> what was the point you were going to make on trauma yes, before we that, got into the Don Cherry? I was, I was going to say one more joke because I can't resist, but the Winnipeg's finest calendar will be coming out in December 2020, so, you know, stay posted for that with me and Kanan modeling every single month. And our Unity underwear. Yeah, and our Unity underwear. Winnipeg's finest shirts, Unity underwear. Are you saying that's going to be traumatic? Is that the connection that you're making? <laughs> for anybody who hears that idea, yes, I apologize in advance. Uh, no, but... You make a really good point about you don't need trauma to be successful or yeah. to be worthy or to have a valid opinion. Yeah. You need adversity. And this kind of goes back to, yeah. I like how specific you are. Yeah. Like when you talked about grit being dedication, commitment, uh, perseverance, and R- remembrance day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. I hate Everything you stand for. Oh my god! Resilience. I was gonna say that before he said it to prove that I was just being an idiot, but Kanan outed me once more. It's what I do, baby. It's what I do. I keep cringing every time you have a huge laughing fit and take a big sip of water. I'm like, that's going to go spread everywhere. <laughs> that's fair. That's going to go spread. I mean, if you can handle it, you can handle it. I'm just saying, if suspense makes a show worth it, it makes it worth it. But, uh, um, but no, you're, you're so specific about resilience, dedication, commitment, and perseverance being four things in grit. And like I said, I was like, three of those words sound the same to me. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're very specific about how they're defined. You know, trauma doesn't need to be necessary for you to be successful. Yeah. Adversity does, though. You need to go through hard things. You can't. Just go through your life unscathed and be successful. It doesn't make sense. Like, I think when you said trauma's romanticized, I'm a, I lived that huge. Like, when I was uh, in grade 11 in 2015, I went to a psychiatric ward for being suicidal. And I kind, there was kind of a part of me that was like, yo, that, like, I'm going to go to a psych ward. I'll meet people. It'll be dope. <laughs> <I> <laughs> make some new friends. <laughs> yeah, make some friends. 
hollow us <laughs> I'm exaggerating now for comedic effect, yeah. but, there, but there was a little bit in my head where I was like, yo, I'm going to meet people, like, yo, I'm going to a psych ward, like, my depression's now justified, and it's legitimate now, I'm just yeah. not making it up in my own head. Yeah. Then when I got there, trigger warning really quickly, hit that 30 second button, um, there was this one girl when she'd always wear long sleeves, and when she wore short sleeves one day, and shorts, she had the words like, bitch, slut, carved into her arms, and burn marks around it, and I, like, freaked out in my head, I was like, holy fuck like and that's what it was that's and it's not that's all depression is but that's a very real possibility so i was freaked the fuck out because i've never seen anything like that and also uh, comparisonitis right like we compare ourselves when things are really good like oh i'll never reach that person's level of success however we also comparisonitis when other people have harder hardships than we do like you could have easily looked at her situation and been like I don't belong here. I did do that, yeah. My my issue is not is not bad. Yeah. My issue is not as bad as hers. I lied my way out. And the fact is that took away from your healing process. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, well, not that she did it on purpose. No, you know no, what no, I mean? Of course, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, of course, of course. But we look at other people who have it worse in sexual assault. So again, trigger warning. A sexual assault survivors do this a lot Mm -hmm. where it's like well it was somebody I knew well I wasn't it wasn't in a back lane by strangers I wasn't strangled I didn't have any bruises like I wasn't bleeding I wasn't bleeding Mm -hmm. I wasn't you know left in a ditch or whatever it's like why does it have to be that terrible in order for it to have any kind of merit exactly right it's not like a roller coaster where it's like you must be this high to ride. Yeah. Like you yes. must be this oh damaged God, I love that. to be sexually yeah. assaulted. No, but, but it's true though. Like we look at it, it's like, well, I don't have it as bad as they did, so like mine's not bad. Yeah. yeah. No, like your journey is your own, your story is your own. And going back to my tire example, if the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your life is a flat tire on your way to work, for me, because I've had such traumas, because I've had such adversities, not a big deal, mm-hmm. right? Because I have a lot worse to compare it to. Hey there, guys. My good friend Eric Perrant at My Ride Auto wants to save you the hassle of going to the dealership. If you're looking to buy, sell, or trade a vehicle, you tell Eric what you're looking for and he'll bring it right to your front door. For the absolute highest level of customer service matched with stress-free approval and purchase, call or message Eric Perrant. Get approved today. His number is 204-297-2824 or you can reach him at Perrant111 on Instagram or look him up on Facebook. Eric's a terrific guy and MyRide Auto specifically works with people who don't have very good credit and want to get approved for a car fast. Contact Eric today. But perception is reality. So if a flat tire is the worst thing you've ever gone through, your perception is going to feel like it is the end of the world. And my story has no right and no merit to take away from your hardship and the fact that because a flat tire might seem like not a big deal to me mm-hmm. that it, it it is a big deal to you like I can't take away from that and I truly hope that people listening to this will take that little nugget of comfort that moving forward if you see somebody who you know has it worse off or maybe doesn't even have it that bad like maybe you see a friend who like the barista at Starbucks got her drink order wrong and she's like losing her shit like compassion goes so far and Mm -hmm. kindness goes so far and at the end of the day we're all wearing long sleeves and long pants and you can't see the scars on our skin yeah exactly. right like you 
nobody truly knows what your story is. So just treat people with kindness and treat people with compassion because you don't know what goes on when, like, behind closed doors. That was a badass mic drop. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little shook. (laughs) (laughs) Should we just end it there? You know, it's it's funny that you keep using the tire thing because I'm thinking, like, a couple years ago, I was, uh, I got a flat tire. Like, my tire exploded. And it was cold as fuck. And I had to, like, crank Aww. the tire up and everything. And yeah. I was in, like, a Boston Pizza parking lot. And I asked this dude to help me out. And he said no. And then, like, oh. ten minutes later, he came and he was like, hey, do you need help? I was like, yeah, I asked you that ten minutes ago. But the funny thing about that is I was so afraid because I was on my way to see the girl I was seeing at the time. We thought she was pregnant. Oh. So when I was fixing the tire, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> As long as she's not a big deal. It's a bit of a distraction. I kind of appreciate this right now. As long as she's not pregnant, I don't give a fuck how much this costs. It's a lot. Whatever this is is a lot cheaper than a kid. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. I was shitting my pants. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I think uh, so many times you said there's so many people who just don't give their situation value where it's like, Oh, I'm not this good or I'm not that bad. And we compare, actually, this is funny. I caught myself doing this. I'm such a competitive freak and it's what made me good in basketball or passable in basketball, acceptable in basketball. But sometimes I catch myself going back to those tendencies. I I saw a book on my brother's desk. I made a, I made a goal to read 12 books for the year. And then I got past two in the first month and I'm like, I'm going to beat 30. And I saw one of my brother's, desk that looked like a book I'd read and I'm like yo this dude's trying to get better than me so, so I've got to ratchet my shit up and take him down <laughs> you're trying to compete with me what the fuck is this I was like you think you're better than me <laughs> you think you can be better than me oh, I'll read the shit out of you right now <laughs> sit down read a book see who finishes it faster I'll read two before you read one and that's such like a toxic thought for me to feed into yeah i don't think it's bad sometimes i freak out and i think people freak out and they have thoughts in their head you're not your thoughts no it's whether you feed into them or not absolutely absolutely and like i'm diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder so like if i went around believing that i was my thoughts i'd never leave the house <laughs> honestly wow like it's 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 actually pretty comforting to and, like, I always say, like, for me, there there is no cure for mental illness, but there is, um... Sorry, I'm playing footsie with you. Um, there is, like, See, a... All the affection cans. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, I say that there's a multivitamin that you can take for mel- mental illness, and it's self-awareness. Mm. And as soon as you start to become self-aware of what your triggers are and what... What is a mental illness thought versus what's actually like a Carolina quirk? Um, it's it's very comforting to recognize exactly what you said. Like I am not my thoughts, mm-hmm. and um, before I was really aware of what obsessive compulsive disorder even was, and you know, I I the next statement I make could be incredibly biased because I have obsessive compulsive disorder, but I feel like. OCD is one of those mental illnesses that people still don't really understand and are comfortable making jokes about. Mm. 
you know, the fact that you need your shoes organized doesn't make you obsessive compulsive. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, but, but people are like, oh. But, but there's truth in that, which is why I, I hundred percent. But people are like, oh, my OCD is like out the door right now because my shoes aren't organized. I'm like. I actually remember you saying last time you were on, you said uh, your partner could recognize when you were. Uh, having anxiety mm-hmm. because you'd start to rearrange the stuff yeah. on your desk. Yeah, yeah, and it's because my mind, it's because I'm starting to lose control of my thoughts in my mind, so mm-hmm. I'm trying to take control of my physical surroundings. Yeah. And so, you know, the fact that you need your shoes organized doesn't make you obsessive-compulsive. If you need your shoes organized because you're envisioning yourself tripping over your shoes, falling down the stairs, cracking your neck open, bleeding out to death, nobody finding you for days, like, that I would probably say is maybe an obsessive-compulsive thought. But it's this cycle, right? It's obsessive-compulsive disorder. So you obsess about these thoughts. These thoughts make you incredibly anxious. So then you want to try and alleviate that anxiety by doing what you are compulsed to do. So whether Mm -hmm. it's straightening something, cleaning something, whatnot... And then you get that temporary relief and then something triggers you and then the obsessions come and the anxiety and compulsion and temporary relief. It's this cycle and people really don't recognize that. And something else with with OCD is that it's really super different for everybody that's diagnosed with it. So a lot of people have a general idea of what anxiety is. A lot of people have general idea of what social anxiety is. A lot of people have a general idea of what depression is, Mm -hmm. you know, but OCD, like, I don't have a problem with germs. I'll eat something off the fucking floor, you know, (laughs) but like, all right, you know, but like Howie Mandel won't even shake somebody's hand Mm -hmm. because of his OCD, right? Mm -hmm. Both obsessive compulsive. I thought he was germaphobe. Or is he OCD? But it's it's obsessive compulsive that like his germophobia is a stem of his OCD. Oh, is that like yeah. Catholicism is a stem of Christianity kind of thing? I don't know why religion was the first thing. I <laughs> yeah, you lost me. Yeah, I saw immediately you went blank. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got me the face you saw when you said you uh, talked to I was to like, witch. yeah, you lost me before that. Was <laughs> I got this. I got this. Is it like your third house? Is like a. Brand- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, I, I so so like both obsessive compulsive, but both very mm-hmm. very different. Mm-hmm. right so it's yeah I, I feel like OCD is is one of those things that people people still need a lot of enlightenment on if you will yeah no that's a that's a really good point I've actually read like I'm not sure where I read this from so maybe this is completely out of field and I imagine this because I imagine like three things today that happened that didn't actually happen but I heard that a lot of famous successful people have OCD or mm-hmm. like a form of it and it allows them to kind of lock in and get yeah, the hours. I've heard that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes um, sense. That's something I can Yeah, I will believe. say that um, obsessive compulsive disorder has... I, I used to say I suffered with OCD and now I say that I live with OCD. Mm-hmm. Because it's allowed me to become an incredibly organized person. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a very, very organized person. And it stemmed from... I needed to know what was happening in my week because I was riddled with anxiety that I would forget something or that I would double book myself or that I didn't know what I need, where I needed to be or whatnot. 
and I'm very much a woman of my word. Like, if I say I'm going to show up somewhere, like, I yeah. have to pretty much be dying in order to not show up, and that's very important to me. So the possibility of, like, letting yeah. someone down or not showing up somewhere was was very anxiety-ridden um, for me. And so it allowed me to become an incredibly organized person, which a lot of people, you know, like, come to me for now. And mm -hmm. it's it's something that's, like, a positive in my life. So... Again, it's just your circumstances. And like I said, like the multivitamin that you can take for mental illness, there's no cure. Mm -hmm. But self-awareness is really, really huge. And and having a support system around you. Like my, my current partner, um, he has general anxiety. So he's very familiar with, with mental illness. And he's very understanding. But mm -hmm. even we had to learn about each other because like I don't have general anxiety I have obsessive compulsive disorder which has an anxiety component to it but our mental illnesses were still very different mm -hmm. and so it was hard for us to try and be sympathetic to what the other person was going through he'd be freaking out about an exam and I'm like what's the big deal yeah you know and then you know he would do something I can't think of an example now and I would start to like have all of these irrational thoughts and he'd be like, where are these thoughts coming from? Like, mm -hmm. how can you even think that's possible? Right? Yeah. Because OCD, it's, it's very hard to separate reality from what's actually like, mm -hmm. or what's happening in your head from reality. Mm -hmm. But again, that self-awareness, like learning, okay, this isn't what an actual Carolina thought. This is a mental illness that I'm living with. And like, how can I navigate this? Interesting. That's a really good point. Cause honestly, when I was talking about like, you aren't your thoughts. I wasn't even thinking about mental illness. Yeah. I was just thinking about like when you're driving at night and you're like, what would happen if I hit this pole right now? Yeah. And you just want to steer off the road, but you don't. Right. Yeah. And there are so many different components to the thoughts. And I, I don't even think that we are. But see, that's not like a, and I use the word normal very, very lightly, but like, that's not a normal thought. Like there are people out there who don't have those thoughts. Are there? Yeah. Shit, I need to meet him. <laughs> Yo, good thing I have a therapy session on Thursday because I yeah, got some shit to yeah. talk about. Yeah, I got therapy next week, I think. Um, yeah, like there are people who don't have those thoughts. And but, but I just think, that like, no. I, 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 like, I, I, that's something I can't wrap my head around. Like, I know. Like, it's, it's like, like, what would it, what would it's it like that inner dialogue. It's like, you don't have someone talking oh to you, God, like, in yes. your head. But so it's I, not even like, I'm gonna do it. It's just like, no. yo, no, like, dog. Exactly, like, though. Yeah, like, it's like, what, what would, would happen if, what like, happened a if car hit me right now? Or, yeah. like, if I jumped off, or if you're, like, walking on a bridge and I look off of the yeah. bridge, I'm like, I wonder what happened if I jumped yeah. right now. Yo, like, that there is literally people, my I life. I that was an everybody no. thing. And that's, like, a Twitter thing. Everyone's talking about that now. Like, yo, legitimately, like, that, that blows my mind I that people know. are, like, talking to themselves. The yeah. first person you find who isn't like that, please give them... My Instagram well, at. I yeah. no, I definitely think that's I definitely like that, was that has like a level to you. Like you're partially a sociopath. I, I, I just, thought that was an everybody thing. No, that's so weird. Holy, f you, you met people like that. Yeah, wow. I have. I don't think I have. Wow. Holy yeah, fuck. like there are people out there who legitimately do not have these kind of thoughts that cross their mind or plague them or whatnot. And I like literally my partner and I will just marvel at them and we'll just be like, "What must that be like?" How much more energy do you? How much more brain capacity yeah. do you? Why haven't you cured cancer yet? Like, you know what I mean? The, the government's like, trying to keep us away from absolutely. that. Absolutely, um, cure of cancer has already been discovered, but and it's George Bush chemotherapy is, is much more profitable. Yeah, chemotherapy is a scam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was actually going to say something uh, 
in the summertime, I think I saw you and your partner walking at the cube and you had your head down looking at your phone and I just like saw you and said, oh, hey, Carolina, what's up? And you didn't notice me at all. I... <laughs> and your partner just glared at me. Like, you thought I was hitting on you. <laughs> you just like glared at me. I was like, fuck, that's not what I'm... <laughs> I run a podcast. Have a good day. <laughs> I am I'm so famous. unobservant. Like truly, I could walk by my own parents on the street and like not even. No, it's it's all good. I am I the could... same way. Like... I'm so unbelievable. <laughs> I'm such a space case. It's yeah, so like, bad. I have like if I do not have eye contact with you, do not tell me something because I'm not listening. Yeah. Like yeah, I just <laughs> I just try to like I saw you walking by and I thought I'd be like, yo, what's good and. No, it didn't work. And he yeah. just kind of looked at me like, what the fuck? And I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, That's he's funny. very sweet. That's he's funny. Yeah, I've, I've seen him at the U of M, I think. Uh, he used to work at he the used to work there. Yeah, yeah, I used to sneak in there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very surprised I have not been caught yet. Uh, no, but isn't, uh, if I don't recall correctly, I think you said you don't speak to your parents anymore. Yeah, yeah I haven't spoken to my mom in probably seven years now well wow. i honestly don't even know i think the last time i spoke to her yeah was t- was around this time in 2013 so yeah wow. seven years um and actually so yeah i didn't speak to my dad for about two years but um it was his birthday last week and he invited me over and i decided to go interesting how did and that go it went well. There was one kind of hiccup that made me a little bit uncomfortable, but I talked to him about it the next day, and he was actually very receptive. Wow. And, you know, very he was very mature about it. And um, so my partner and I are going over for dinner again tomorrow. So nice. we're going to see what that's like. And, yeah, yeah, I feel good about it. You know, I'm I have my reservations. Um, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, yeah. you know, like yeah. he, he's an Eastern European man, like mm-hmm. very set in his ways. Um, but I'm willing to give it a chance and right. see if, if we can have a relationship together. Cause I mean, it's not too late, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, like who doesn't want a relationship with their parents, <clears throat> but that doesn't always mean that your parents have the capacity to have a relationship with you. Um, I, I truly believe like cutting ties should very much be a last, very last resort. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I'm like, ah, oh, like you got in a fight with your parents, like kick them to the curb. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, it has to be a pretty dire situation. Yeah. Like it's a very, very <laughs> last resort. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's definitely like bl- a black and white situation. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah like, like your parents forget to pick you up and you go on Twitter and you're like, cut out all talks of people you don't want Knives, I've done that way too many fucking times, bro. High school me was a savage, bro. <laughs> oh my god, I fucking hate the memories feature on like Facebook or whatever. Oh my like, god. I was in grade 11, I think, when Facebook came out, and some of the things I see that I posted, I'm like, who Trauma- gave me a Yo, computer? Talking about traumatizing, oh like that god. shit is terrible. Yeah, I'm like, delete, delete, delete. One of my friends. I don't know what the fuck, how this happened or how it started, but somebody made a, started a rumor about him saying he got a girl pregnant and that they were keeping the kid. And he, for whatever reason, didn't refute it. He was like, yeah, I thought it was funny. So I thought I was just going to go along with it. So 
his neighbors would come up to him. They're like, yo, dude, congrats on the kid. He's like, thanks. I appreciate it. And he never said, I'm not going to be a dad ever. So I, he told me to scroll back on his Facebook a bunch, like a, for a while. I got back to like 2012. There's just almost a year's worth of bro. You're going to be a great dad. Congratulations. And I'm like, what the fuck didn't you refute this? He's like, I don't even feel like it. <laughs> that is like the level of, I don't give a fuck. I like aspire <laughs> yeah. to be at, yo. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> no, they saw oh, me. Where's my energy? They yeah, saw me two years them. later. They're like, where's your kid? He was like, I don't have one. <laughs> However, I I think that's really commendable because, you know, kind of the... A lot of people would feed into that, right? Yeah, like, and, and to come full circle, like, something I... Like, my why, the reason why I do this work is to truly help people break free from these external limitations. And I feel like these external limitations come from needing that external validation, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I love external validation just as much as the next person. My right. love language is words of affirmation. I love to hear that, like, I'm doing a good job. I love to hear I made a difference in your life. I love when people listen to my podcast and send me DMs and yeah. leave reviews. It's and on Apple Podcasts <laughs> and Spotify. And you can follow her at Carolina um, underscore on Instagram. However... External validation should always be a bonus. Your validation should come from yourself. Mm -hmm. You should be so deeply rooted within yourself that if somebody comes along and tells you something's a bad idea, but you really believe in it, it you don't have the energy exactly like this guy. Like you don't have the energy to refute it because like you just don't care. Yeah. You know he knew he wasn't the dad. He knew he didn't have a kid. On he the didn't way. need Maury Povich he, to tell him. You know, yeah. like, he knew this wasn't a fact, so he's like, I'm not even going to spend energy on it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing that when you know something about yourself or when you believe in something about yourself or you believe in a goal you're trying to achieve or something you're trying to aspire to or something you're trying to succeed at or achieve and somebody comes along trying to steer you away, when you are so deeply rooted within yourself... Mm -hmm nobody can take that away from you. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I had to learn that at such a young age, I think is why people are usually intimidated by me when they first meet me. Yeah. You know, that's the number one first impression people always tell me. It's like, oh, I was really intimidated by you. You know, and it's like, am I intimidating? No. I mean, you do CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely you know? can kick both of our asses. <laughs> <You're really laughs> like, you know, but like, am I intimidating? No, you're intimidated. And that's yeah. not my responsibility. Mm -hmm. you know and that was point. that was very freeing for me to learn that and at a very young age I had to love myself enough for myself and for you know my parents mm -hmm. and for everybody else who was supposed to I had to believe in myself enough I had to support myself enough so I had I had to learn at a very very young age how to root within myself so now I truly, and I mean, to a certain extent, we all care what people think to a certain extent. Yeah, of course. But like, I would say I'm, if it's a spectrum, I'm on the far end of the spectrum where, like, I truly do not give a fuck yeah. what people think. Like, I know what I'm doing. I know, you know, towards the end of 2020 when I, or 2019. <laughs> Holy fuck, you're already yeah. in the future. <laughs> I'm already in the future. Um, towards the end of 2019 when I was wrapping up the way I see it and when I was getting gaining grit ready to go and I was pivoting my, biz my business and whatnot, I had no content going out. I had no podcast episodes going out. I had no emails to yep. my email list going out. I wasn't even posting on my Instagram feed. I literally was doing Instagram stories and it was mostly of my pets, to be mm -hmm. completely honest, right? The cute pets. Yeah, very cute pets. Go follow me solely for that reason. Exactly. Um, 
but I had nothing, no content being released to receive any external validation. I had nobody messaging me being like, hey, great podcast episode. Mm -hmm. No one commenting on my Instagram posts, like nobody doing any of that. But I was still able to keep working on the things that I were, was working on, regardless of receiving that external validation or not, mm -hmm. because validation comes from myself first and that's my goal for people I want people to learn how to foster grit within themselves learn to internally root within themselves so that nobody else can take their goals away from them nobody else can take their love for themselves away from them that you can truly believe and do anything you set your mind to because it's your life you are the author of your story and you are in charge of who is a character who is killed off of your story or who is yeah. whatnot, you are the author of your story, so what story are you going to write? Yeah. No, and that's very insightful. I think, uh, and really quickly, Kanan, the friend who accepted the baby story, was the same one who tried to sell the furnace to the... <laughs> Yo, talk about trauma, bro. That guy's gone through it. Yeah. Oh, my hey, really God. Because you're probably wondering what the fuck we're talking about. We talked in this last episode. Go listen to it, by the way, with Neil Chateau and Miyazwe. Great people. Um... I was talking about one of my friends, he did like one of those sales summer jobs where it's like live rent free in Toronto, uh, learn how to sell, and he was like always oh, really excited. He, he's in sales now, so it worked really well for him. Okay. And so he was selling furnaces, and he said... Oh dear. He sold, he was selling a furnace, him and his group of like salesmen, they went to sell furnace to a guy who was in a gang. And the okay. guy like, it went fine, they checked it out, but the, he's like, the guy was kind of sketching out. And the guy who's in the gang thought that my friend and his group were from a rival gang trying to take him down from the inside. <laughs> so he called up his boys and they started following them. And he was, it was like, my only thought was like, I'm not about to die over a furnace. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this guy has a level of chill that I wish I had. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, fuck that. I want to die for something greater than this shit. <laughs> Not for this shitty fucking job. Yeah, he, he's lived a life and a half. He got, like, jumped when he was in grade four, so he learned how to, like, oh fight God. people. And then he took that too far. He was just beating people up for fun. And he had to oh, learn man. how to scale it back. Great guy. My best friend. But uh, anyways, um, fears and the insight that you had about... Loving yourself. You know, I was kind of, uh, I was relating to that a lot about, like, yeah, you got to love yourself. And then, I don't know if you get hung up on this or not. This has been my biggest thing recently. Okay. Freaking out about finances. And maybe uh -huh. this is because, like, I'm dating somebody who I really want to, like, date long term. And I'm really excited for it. Okay. Because I feel like if I was a single, I'd be like, yo, fuck it. Broke life for life, you know. <laughs> I'll live in a studio apartment and make friends with the rats and do my <laughs> podcast and have my mics and go to comedy and I'd, it'll be lit. But then uh, I'm like, oh, I actually got somebody who I want to have in my future. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if craft dinner every day is going to be a Girls kind of like to be impressed. And that's they, I think they're just like basic necessity. <laughs> <laughs> Katie's feed, Katie will feed them. Like, they can eat Katie every day. It's, you know, fuck it. You, I understand the premise. Yes. Yeah. Do, do you understand? Do you relate to financial fear at all? Oh, absolutely. Here's the thing about, you know, up-leveling your life and working on your mindset and working on your personal development. As you continue to grow, unfortunately, your fears and your doubts and your insecurities, they also going to grow too. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it goes. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there is no, I'm not going to sit here and tell you 
insecurities go away. I literally posted on my Instagram today that I was insecure about the Instagram story I posted because I thought I looked fat. So, yeah. You know, like, you know, they, I was uncomfortable and worrying about, like, stumbling over my words. And I'm a confidence coach. Like, I literally help people do this kind of stuff. So that never goes away. The thing that I'm really trying to instill in people is that you have to be proactive with this work instead of reactive with this work. So if you are already recognizing that you maybe have some money limiting beliefs and some, you know, financial anxiety or whatnot, start working on it now. Mm -hmm. Start figuring out where does that stem from? Start figuring out what flares it up. You know, is it when you're investing in yourself or is it when you're buying worthless shit? Is it when you're... Because I used to have no problem walking into Louis Vuitton, dropping $1,100 and walking out with a bag. But when it came to spending $97 on a business planning workshop when I was trying to start my business, I hummed and hawed over it for weeks. Mm. Right? And it's because I didn't think I was worth investing $97 Mm. in. Right. That's something I've like I've learned in myself. It's like I I, I I like now that I started like my new job, I'm like, okay, like I actually have money. So like right off the bat, it's like I'm kinda in the same position I was like a month after like I've had like a real job and I'm like still in the same position. Like I'm still broke, like I'm making this money, but it's like done boxing, I bought myself a new exactly. laptop charger and it's like I may be broke, but it's like I, I fuck it, I'm gonna get paid next week and I I can, I can just restart the cycle. But it's also it's also, if you don't deal with the way that you handle money, yeah. you're always going to feel, bro- you could be making a million dollars a year and you're still going to feel broke because you're going to find things to spend that money right. on, right? So if you do, and this is like, I was in, my background's in finance, so this is like my finance that, yeah. girl coming out. So if you don't learn how to set yourself up to win first, if you don't start putting savings away as a priority, if you don't start putting your retirement away as a priority and then living off what's left... If you start to say, oh, I'll save what's left at, at the end of the two weeks, there's never going to be anything left because yeah. we're always going to find shit to buy. We're always going to find yeah. shit to do. We're always going to do that right. stuff, right? Yeah. But if you, like, let's say you come up with a really financial, like, crisis or whatever, um, or, you know, now you're with this girl and you're like, okay, now I want to start thinking about my future. Now you're in a slight reactive setting. Now you're mm-hmm. reacting to these new things. You can still shift and now start being proactive about up-leveling your financial mindset and whatnot and, and really starting to learn how to expand your ability to receive abundance. Because that was something that was re- I really struggled with in my business I did not believe someone would pay me $250 to work with me. I did not think that I had the worth. I did not think what not. And now I have people paying me thousands of dollars to work with me. Damn, good for you. You know, like that is a huge up level. Was it easy? Not always. But I had to do a lot of my own work and my own ability to receive that kind of money. Mm -hmm. Right? I can easily say, I want to make 20K a month. But am I energetically ready to receive 20K a month? I don't know. That's a good point. That's a very good point. I don't right? think a lot of people think about that. I, a lot of people don't think about that. It's really easy to be like, oh, I want to make X amount of dollars or I want to buy this house or I want to do that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easy to say things, but ask yourself, am I energetically ready to receive this? 
Yeah. Because it's really hard. If you don't think you're worth more than $250, nobody is going to be energetically aligned to pay you $5,000. Yeah. All right. No, I think I'm worth a billion dollars. Facts. Do you? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Sorry, I, 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 had to, I had to throw in uh, that, that joke. But I mean, I, I don't think there's a cap on my worth. No. I think. But we know that mm-hmm. logically. But do we know that energetically? And I'm speaking on an energetic level. And like, mm-hmm. this is literally science. So like, people think that like the law of attraction is this like spiritual woo-woo bullshit. But like, let's literally break it down scientifically. Like attracts like. That is, that is a scientific rule. That like attracts like, and like atoms, we're talking atoms, like like Mm -hmm. atoms attract like atoms, right? And atoms vibrate at certain frequencies, Mm -hmm. right? So we're all vibrating at certain frequencies, right? Because we are made up of atoms. Literally everything around us is made up of atoms and atoms vibrate at certain frequencies. So if I'm vibrating at a very high frequency, Mm -hmm. I'm going to attract other things that are vibrating at a very high frequency. That's where this stupid fucking Coachella term comes from, high vibe. I'm feeling high vibe! You know, like it literally means high vibration. You are vibrating at a high frequency, which is a positive frequency. Mm -hmm. But if you're so down in the dumps that you cannot see a way out, you don't think you are worth $250 or whatnot. You're vibrating at a very low frequency. So guess what you're going to attract more of? Low frequency, low frequency shit, yeah. right? And that's not going to just change overnight. You need to be proactive and, and um, what's the word? Like diligent and like purposeful, yeah. you know, in spending the time. Um, no, I think like just being very... Um, Patient? Yeah, patient, but like cognizant of the fact that you are working on increasing your vibrational frequency. Mm -hmm. And that's an energetic level. And that doesn't happen overnight. My very first client paid me $250 to work with me. My very last client paid $5,000 to work with me. Those would not have happened month to month. Mm -hmm. This was, you know, two years now in the making. Yeah. Right. And it's something that I had to work on energetically to to prime myself to be able to receive that those thousands of dollars from my client. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Had I not done that mindset work, had I not intentionally worked on trying to raise my energy and raise my vibration and my ability to receive things, I would not have signed those clients at, at thousands of dollars. And that's like, I truly believe that with every fiber, every atom of my being. <laughs> Interesting. Nice. Yeah. No, that, that's a really good point. Cause uh, like you said, it takes a lot of time. I think that's, especially in the social media world and the instant gratification yes. world we live in now. Like I was, I think I had like a, a not a breakdown, but like I was worrying to, I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I don't do this. I don't do that. And then I was like, wait, I'm 21. Yeah. Like, and I'm not supposed to have it all figured out. And like, even the, I'm supposed to be financially stable. Right some of the people now. that I look up to, you know, like Gary Vee and those people yeah. like Gary Vee ate shit till he was 34. Yeah. And that was working every day in a wine shop that he and his dad worked on. And then he blew it all or he lost it all when he got out and he was 34 starting from zero. I will say I have like a, a hit and miss with Gary Vee. Like sometimes he says things that I'm like, Ooh, super on point. And other times he says things and I'm like, don't share that with people. Yeah, like, like cheering for the New York Jets. <laughs> Disgusting. And like, the, and, like, and like the whole like drop out of school, do whatever the fuck you want type. Yeah, like, I hate you know, that stuff. Like, I, I mean, I am not, if you even remotely know me, I am not like a post-secondary advocate. Like I hate university. I went, I'm glad I went, you know, like mm. I, 
but I am not, I do not think that university is the be all and end all. I think it's ridiculous. We have to pay extra money to take these stupid electives just so we have enough credit hours to get a fucking degree, even though it has nothing to do with our degree. I digress. I am not. Go Preach! On. Thank you! I am Drag not. them. Can you, can you call my mom real quick for me? Like, <laughs> Mom! Can you talk to my mom? She's up. Actually, no, she's not upstairs. She I lives in her own house. I am not a post-secondary advocate. Um, however, I do believe in education. I mm-hmm. do believe, like, knowledge is power. I do believe in, in educating yourself in whatever way that feels right to you and whatever yeah. feel, you know, like... Whatever way, yeah, feels right to you. Like, don't just drop out of school or whatever. My, I think, biggest beef with Gary Vee is this notion that if you weren't an entrepreneur as a child, if you didn't have a lemonade stand, or if you didn't try to auction off your old toys, or if you didn't try to do this and this and that, then that means that you're not an entrepreneur. I mm-hmm. never once wanted to be an entrepreneur, ever. Ever, ever, ever. My main priorities when I was a child were, like, surviving. And, like, you know, like, doing Fair. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> valid. Very valid. Um, Seems important. Yeah. I, I, comedic relief, right? But, like, in reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, your specific situation. Yeah. yeah actually, also, though. like, when I moved out at 16, like, having a roof over my head, food in my fridge, and a s- stable income coming in were my priorities. Was starting a business at 16 years old going to afford me those things? I mean, maybe, but, like, I really didn't think so. Probably not. At that point, starting a business, like, you don't just make all that money in the first however many months or years it takes you. That would have been a death sentence Exactly. So... So I feel like people hear that, like I for sure heard that, and I started to doubt myself. I was like, "Am I an entrepreneur then?" Because like I never had a lemonade stand. Does he like, preach I never, that? I've yeah. never, I've never yeah, got I've that. I've seen a few videos. Of I've him never. Yeah, that and he's like, "I've always been an entrepreneur, and like you're an entrepreneur, and blah blah blah." And so I think my very first episode, like not episode zero, but episode one of Gaining Grit, is literally that entrepreneurship is not in your DNA. Now, as a caveat to that as well, I don't believe that entrepreneurship is the be-all and end-all either. I don't think everybody needs to be an entrepreneur in order to... Yeah, there needs to be civil to, servants and stuff like that But too, right? I just feel like you can find a job that fulfills you and, you know, gives yeah. you what you're looking for. Maybe it's an extra week of vacation or maybe it's being able to work from home once a week or maybe it's flex time or whatever. Like, we're, we're changing the way society functions... It, this nine to five model doesn't work for everybody anymore. And companies are starting to realize that and companies are starting to be a lot more flexible. So I don't think you have to be an entrepreneur to have this lifestyle that people people are wanting, right? Be an entrepreneur because you literally want to start a business, not because you want to be able to work from home or not because yeah. you want X, Y, and Z, yeah, right? You'll fail fast. You, Yeah. You know, and so if... Yeah, so when I hear him, like, preaching this, I'm just like, oh, my God, you are di- you're dissuading so many potential entrepreneurs who could bring something really amazing into the world because they didn't have a fucking lemonade stand when they were six years old. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? I think the problem with some people like that, though, who have, because, I don't know, pull this up on your phone real quick. How many posts does Gary Vee have? When you have people who swim yeah. in content, like VaynerMedia makes all his content, and they make content for other people. What if they filmed him just just talking bullshit to a friend? I'm sure you've had moments where you just talk. I'm not trying to defend Gary. Well, I kind of am to a point. But, like, 
I'm sure you had moments where you're just talking bullshit to somebody and like you don't mean everything you say. You're maybe you're 5, trying to get five hundred. Fifty five hundred. So that's a lot of fucking posts. Maybe he's just trying to like he was frustrated, he spoke yeah. out of pocket, or he's just talking bullshit and they film it and they put it up because they know it's gonna drive content, right? And there's some truth to it, but if you had to dissect it, and I think that's something that I really respect about you, is that you won't say something publicly on the record yeah. or put it out there unless you fucking mean it. Yeah. Like I don't think you'll ever see somebody like Gary V or uh, people who want to be like content moguls go however long you went without posting. Yeah. You know, that's, you're very Three purposeful. Months. You're very purposeful <laughs> of yeah. what you put out there. Yeah. Gary V wants to try new shit. He yeah. wants to try different video styles. He wants to try different banners, different text, different yeah. graphics. So he just kind of shoots everything out there and yeah. if it works, yeah. it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. And I think it can be disingenuous at times. Yeah. With the, like what you said, if you took his advice how many of your clients aren't being helped by you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? How many right? episodes are we down with somebody else? <laughs> and again, that just brings it back to that internal validation. If I yeah. had rooted my validation in what Gary V said or what whomever said, yeah. I would never have continued moving right. forward. Exactly. But because I was rooted within myself, again, nobody could take that away from me. Mm-hmm. And that's the most crucial and amazing and freeing gift you can give to yourself is to truly root within yourself because like i said i really just want to like ingrain this when you are rooted within yourself no one can take that away from you yeah interesting yeah i mean you're absolutely right uh you were talking about uh education never stops and I like that because I've dropped out of college and I've dropped out of university however I read every day and I write every day and I reflect every day and I listen to podcasts every day and I I work two jobs that I actually like and I think they're stimulating my growth and I feel really good about where I am in life how do you educate yourself and how did you keep that ball moving especially in those tough fucking times I'm scared to move out now (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fair Um, so I will say like my dad very much in in that's what I'm looking for in grilled that's not a ingrained word. ingrained thank you um, ingrained in me the importance of education right and full disclosure I didn't think not finishing high school was an option like I just thought that's what you did like you and and hindsight's 2020 and it's so funny now but like I literally believed with everything in me that you went to high school you graduated you went to university you got a job you got Mm -hmm. married you had kids like I literally thought that's how life progressed yeah so when I was in high school and my first friend dropped out of high school I was literally like I don't understand the question. (laughs) It's like, what do you mean you dropped out of high school? Like, what does that mean? And they're like, yeah, I'm going to go work. Like, I'm not finishing high school. And I was, I truly, I'm not shitting you. I'm like, what do you mean you're not finishing high school? Like, I don't understand the question. Like, what is happening right now? (laughs) Like, I did not think that was possible. I thought it was like illegal or something to like not finish high school. You know, and then when I finished high school, I took a year off Mm -hmm. because I was like, I'm 18 years old. I have no idea what I want to do with my life. I've always thought I wanted to be a lawyer, but like now that real life is in front of my face, like I have no idea. I'm filled with questions and doubt and whatnot. So I took a year off and I worked in an office in downtown Edmonton. 
and I was surrounded by very highly educated people, like several master's degrees and PhDs and, you know, very, very highly educated people. And I saw the way the world respected them. And this was at a time where I was still on my own self-love journey and I very much wanted to be respected. I very much wanted to feel like I was important. I very much wanted to feel like I had value and merit and that I was a respectable addition to society. Mm -hmm. And so seeing that, I was like, okay, I guess my next step is going to university. Mm -hmm. So then I went to university. And I don't regret my university experience. I wouldn't be with my partner right now had I not gone to university because... One of my sorority sisters introduced us. So if I didn't go to university, I wouldn't have joined a sorority and mm -hmm. all of these things. Um, but I, I still stand behind my earlier tangent. Um, and then when I was done university, I was, I was a university graduate and I was climbing the corporate ladder and I was in finance and, you know, I started doing all of these things and I recognized I was like, I'm not happy. Like, where, where's the happiness train? Like, when is that coming by here? Like, when can I take a little, when can I take a little dose off of the happiness train? Um, and it wasn't coming. So then, you know, fast forward, finally decided I was going to start my own business. It was not like day and night. Like, don't like. How long ago was this when you decided? To um, so I graduated university in 2005 because I also took a year off in the middle of university. Mm -hmm. Um, and then. 2000 no did I say 2005 yeah, I, I said like, 2015 I was like that doesn't sound no I graduated high school <laughs> I was in 2008 math, I was like... yeah <laughs> no I graduated high school in 2008 I graduated university in 2015 mm -hmm. um and then I started my business in 2017 okay. I think or 2018 okay. one of those one of those years I mean, I'm, everything is starting to blend. I don't together. know the answer. Yeah, yeah. I'm like looking <laughs> yeah, at you. Like, tell me which year was it? You're looking at me like we talked um, about this. I was like, I don't remember no, this. <laughs> I don't. I can't remember. But um, yeah, it was a few years, and I was a few years in the workforce, and then I decided I wanted to start my own business, and that's where I started to really like educate myself on things that weren't this like cookie cutter mold of university college whatnot. So like I said, my very first investment was a business planning workshop. It was $97. It was put on by Entrepreneurship Manitoba or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, so that was my very first experience, like investing in my like business and, and myself and the fact mm -hmm. that like I was going to be a successful entrepreneur. Um, and then beyond, and then my next investment was a course on building your Instagram, which I think was $297. And then I hired a podcast coach, which I think was $2,500. Mm -hmm. And so you'll also notice that like the more investments I made in myself, the more comfortable I was spending larger and larger yeah. amounts of money, right? Like I said earlier, spending $97 was something I had to think about for weeks. Mm -hmm. And then my next investment was like 300 bucks. And then my next investment was 2,500. Mm -hmm. And then I invested in my life coaching certification, which was almost $5,000. Mm -hmm. And then I invested in a business coach, which was almost $10,000. Mm -hmm. And then, so it's like, I was always building my capacity to invest in myself. And in doing so, I was also 
increasing my ability to receive that money as well, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I'm paying someone $10,000, I know I now have that social proof that it's possible. So why not someone pay yeah. me $10,000? Exactly. It right? works if on the inverse. It works on the inverse. If I'm doing it for someone, that means that there's somebody else out there who will do it for me. Absolutely. Right? Um, and then, yeah, during that time, I took you know, a business transformation, a six-month business transformation course. Um, like I said, I took my life coach certification. I took my NLP certification, which is neuro-linguistic programming. Neuro-linguistic programming. Great course um, to have. Yeah, very, very good. Like, so How, beneficial. Uh, online. Somewhere. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do most of everything online. Smart. Um, and now you do everything most online? Yeah, but, but I am trying to get more into local things. Like, okay. I, I do want to start hosting some local workshops. I want to start doing some outreach on doing some public speaking. Nice. Um, I would, I think I would like to go into some high schools and tell my story. Absolutely. And I, the fact that, like, where you come from doesn't dictate where you're going. Like, I was literally in your shoes. Like, I was 16 years old. Like, didn't think anybody believed in me and whatnot. And this is what I've been able to do. Remind with me my to talk to you off air about that really quickly. Okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I really want to start doing some more in-person local things That's as good. well. Yeah. I think I went the opposite extreme. Like, I was in this rigid 9-to-5 model. Everybody else was dictating my schedule mm -hmm. except for me. And I was like, fuck this. I want the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. I want to be completely off it, off the grid. Like I want to be able to work from anywhere and have a completely online business. And now, you know, a couple years later, now I think I'm trying to find this middle ground where I still meet with my clients online. You know, maybe I have a couple online products, but I still very much want to want to engage with people in person. I'm a very big energy person, and mm -hmm. I find that that component's really missing online. Like, I really feed off of people's energy. I love having conversations. I love just, like, being around other people's energy and being able to interact with them, and I'm missing that online right now. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, that's I think that's a really good progression. Like, damn, three years is all it took you to build mm -hmm. what you have now. That's fucking impressive yeah. yeah most people take like 10 years like yeah. five ten years like thanks for saying that actually it's a really good reminder because i still beat myself up i'm like ah, i'm not where i want to be blah, 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 hey blah, words of affirmation but... are big for you right yeah. like, and, and that's true you're doing like you said somebody paid you five thousand yeah. dollars to coach them through <laughs> shit like i fucking freaked out when i got a hundred bucks the other day <laughs> i was calling a basketball game for a yeah. college i was so excited like no congratulations that, that's you. awesome and even like I was excited about doing this, and I specifically bookmarked booking you again on this podcast because I wanted to see where you were oh, after Thank we you. had that first conversation. Cool. Yeah. So I, and I know Kana wasn't there the first time, so no. I really wanted him to experience it in person. Yeah, yeah. So no, big congrats and uh, big ups to you for everything that you've yeah. accomplished. Um, we are at almost 140 right now. <laughs> I was always like, I knew it was going to be a long conversation. Yeah. Our last conversation was super long. Yeah, but it was around this as yeah. well. I think. Uh, when I finally, like, looked at the computer, it was, yeah. like, an hour 30. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. And I think we still went on for, like, 20 minutes after that, too. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, I feel pretty good about where we are at right now. Can you? I'm feeling good, yeah. Yeah? Feel? Is yeah. there anything you'd like to say or plug or do or um, if maybe anything... something off the floor before you... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just watched Detective Pikachu, so that was very much like a lick a tongue. Nice. Um. <laughs> I've have, I have not seen that, but I'll. Oh, watch you it. should. Yeah, it's very very cute. 
Um, no, if anything that I resonated uh, with, anything I said resonated with you, definitely come follow me on Instagram. I One of my favorite compliments is that people who follow me on Instagram and then meet me on person, they're like, wow, you're the exact same. So mm -hmm. if you have enjoyed this, definitely come follow me on Instagram. And um, I do have that free five ways to gain grit video that people can go check out. It's at bit.ly slash gaining grit. And um, that's a really good place to start your journey. Nice. Nice uh, URL shortener there too. Yeah. Impressive. Props. <laughs> um, yeah. Then uh, I appreciate you coming back on. I appreciate you making time for us in your busy schedule. Yeah, of course. Uh, appreciate it. Everybody make sure you go follow her, listen to her podcast, uh, shoot her DM if anything resonated with you today and yeah this is us signing off on a pig's finest have a great week peace